I've always thought the windows are the eyes of a house. And didn't someone say the eyes are the windows of the soul? Because if not, then Jackie, Emily Towers, and I are going to coin it and trademark it, because this week on Accept the Mystery, we are talking about 1955's original The Lady Killers. JFIO presents. What are you kidding? We got us a family here. This ain't no cool, no. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and debate. I'll show you my life with my mind. You will find a fortune. Good would not be the fortune you seek. I suppose you think you raised hell. When I've raised hell, you'll know it. Something is very wrong. I don't want Santana Abraxas. I've just been in a terrible auto accident. What's the most you ever lost in the coin toss? Sometimes knowledge is Accept the mystery. Coen Brothers podcast. This is Accept the Mystery. This is the Coen Brothers podcast where we talk about every single Coen Brothers movie and occasionally movies they just remade in absurd, ridiculous, <laughs> excruciating, insane levels of detail. My name is Josh Richmond. Do you guys smell burning? I do smell burning all of a sudden. I think it is starting to go away, but that got me worried. Yeah. Because your um, apartment could burn. Yeah. I'm not trying to jinx it or anything, but no, but it's not, it's, okay now. it's not hotter in here all of a sudden. No. If When you just suddenly smell burning but can't figure out place it, I suddenly worry, like, am I having a stroke? No, but we all smell it. So maybe we're all we're having all a stroke. We're not. Simultaneously. <laughs> okay. It might be the workers. Or just like know. some sort of, you know, sometimes strokes can be brought on like a mass delusion. You see one person <laughs> doing it and it's like, it'd be, it's contagious. It's like throwing up. It's, it's exactly like throwing up. Yeah. It's like you have, you have a brain aneurysm, suddenly my brain has an aneurysm. <laughs> oh, God. I don't uh, like that kind of bonding, but okay. Yeah, there are there are workers currently digging up my house outside as well. So if you hear noises like that, you know, uh, at least it's better than like parrots squawking all over the house. Mm-hmm. Marginally better, at least. Oh, that was a tie. Mm-hmm. That was a tie-in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting oh, the ref- we're getting does. the reference Saw train it. started uh-huh. early. Okay. I did see the film. <laughs> uh, look, uh, all right. I already introduced myself. I should introduce first my co-host, uh, the lovely Jackie Lectolse. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, did you Did you see my kicks? No, I didn't. New kicks. Oh, those are nice. Right? Wait, are they freeze or what? Are they, What do you mean freeze? Like Nike free. Like they are okay. I, I went to the Nike store. Good on job. Your su- on your suggestion, oh because God, we were talking so all happy. about we were talking all about running shoes yesterday. And, and you, you can't wear those on dates, but uh huh. I think these are almost nice enough for dates. No, they're not. They're got. Don't be a comedy guy who wears running shoes everywhere you go. I don't know why that's a comedy guy thing. Because all comedy guys or writers are always wearing running shoes with their jeans as though they're like ready to run anywhere. And I'm like, you're not running anywhere. You're going to go write something right now. Well, it's because they have to ditch the tab and uh, (laughs) and be able to to run out on the bill. Very attractive. Um, But no, I really like the... Those uh, are great though. They they had multiple fits I could choose from and I chose the natural fit. Can you stick your foot up again? I'm trying to like look at the table. Those are great. They're kind of a... They're like a dark blue uh, with lime green accents and there's a mesh... I feel like my feet are really breathing. It's great. Yeah. I like having my feet. You be look able like to an breathe. athlete. I like that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You did a great job. It starts from the feet up. Yeah. Now, now suddenly, that's all it takes to look like an athlete. Why am I going to the gym? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So thank you for that recommendation. Yeah, oh, I'm so glad. Um, and then I should also introduce our guest who's on the show today. <laughs> She is a comedian. She's been a director for UCB Digital. She's a comedy writer for an upcoming Netflix show that's very exciting. And not only that, I believe she is the first guest to accept the mystery history whose name is a complete sentence. So please welcome Emily Towers to the show. Welcome, Emily. (laughs) Subject verb. You are a sentence. (laughs) The first guest, as though there will be another. I was was trying to go through the other guests and see if that applied to anybody else, and I don't think it does. No. I don't think I've ever realized that. Jay Frosting. 
Oh. Is no. that kind of a verb? <laughs> um, if He's it was, frosting? if it was, Jay Jay's, is frosting. Jay's maybe. frosting. You're right. Jay's no. frosting cupcakes. Yeah, but there's no is. Yeah. Oh, Jay's. Yeah, there's no. There's no name, apostrophe. Yes. Dude's name is Dude's name is Jay Frosting. So if you're like a caveman and you're like Jay Frosting. Jay yeah. Frosting swiftly. Yeah. It's still, it's still, still missing the connective. It's still missing the connective tissue. Yeah, but Emily Towers totally works. Yeah, I'll, sure I does. usually it would be Emily Towers over something, but you could also just tower. I yeah. think. I think that's appropriate. Yeah, I think so. And it's extra fun because I do not. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. You know what? I think we're. I, I think we both meta, We're both metaphorical giants. We tower over things. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As a fellow short person, I I can identify. We got a movie to talk about, but before we talk about the movie, we got to do our very first segment, which is where we ask our guests questions loosely inspired by the movie of the week. So this is a segment called Inside Emily Towers. So early on in this film, The Lady Killers, we are introduced to Mrs. Wilberforce and her house, which is lopsided and slowly sinking into the ground. Where's the weirdest place you've ever lived? Weirdest place I've ever lived. Ever lived. There was a. I lived in Spain after I graduated college. It's weird. It's not America, so it's mm-hmm. weirder than America. <laughs> no, and it's not. And like the country's not weird. That's not what I mean. <laughs> uh, but it was just this like tiny little apartment that I shared with like four people that I found on kind of the Spanish equivalent of Craigslist called uh-huh. Rabusk. <laughs> And uh, it was like all these international students. And it was just tiny and super dusty. You'd think we were living in like Dubai or something. <laughs> there was like dogs running around. And that would probably cool. be the strangest place I ever lived for like for real. How, how, long, like how long were you there? Uh, like um, I lived in that apartment for seven months. Okay, that's a, okay, well, that's yeah. a legit period of time. You're, you're really settled in there. there. You're used to the dust and everything by the end of it. Yeah, well, I just wanted to get the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, so, but... Sometimes even when they're those temporary living situations, it's a good time when you look back and reflect, like, weird group of people. Yeah. There was, like, this Moroccan roommate, Reda, Reda, <laughs> and he had, he was, like, Moroccan royalty or something, and he would come over with, like, eight friends, and they would all take off their shoes. They had, like, Gucci shoes and put them in little bags. What? And they because they kept the bag that the shoes would come in, Aww. and it was like it was like a cultural thing. And they put all those things in bags, and they'd smoke cigars and right outside my door. Oh, that's so European. <laughs> Super European. Just standing outside smoking cigars yeah. with your collection of bags. Just their shoes. <laughs> their shoes. shoes. <laughs> their sunglasses went in little boxes, and their shoes went in little bags. Like in the pouches that come in the shoe box. Yeah. Wow. All compartmentalized. Yeah. Hmm. So Moroccan royalty is just OCD. Yeah. Essentially. Got well, there you saw that fucking sand coming. Yeah, out. yeah. And then it right. Everything getting all covered. Well, in sand. well, I mean that's I mean that's reason not to do that because why line everything up if it's just going to get like blown away the next time a sandstorm comes? That's true. That's you true. Know? No, but it's covered from the sand that will and like it will invariably carry into the house, so that's protecting it from that. I know from my experiences going to the beach that sand <laughs> just finds a way to get in everything. It gets everywhere. It gets everywhere, no matter what you do. They could or have like a billion screens. Or is yeah. this when you get like one grain in your gum or something? Yes. Yeah. It'll never, it'll never go away. No. You, you can br- like in your nose. I could bring a sandwich to the beach and put it in like three Ziploc bags inside of a thermos, inside of a lunchbox, <laughs> and sand will still find a way inside, no matter what you do. Sand so finds a way. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, I had a uh, I had a Moldovan roommate for three months in college. This mm-hmm. is when I lived at a few interesting places in college. But this particular place, I went up to. I was in UC Santa Cruz, and this is 
was so close to the boardwalk that I could actually hear when bands would play at the boardwalk from from my window, which was cool, yeah. kind of, uh, to hear like Eddie Buddy playing Two Tickets to Paradise <laughs> on his on his tour through like county fairs, mm-hmm. and I'm just listening to it at, uh, in my summer house. But uh, but yeah, I had a I had a roommate from Moldova. That's where my dad's from. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah, it's so a very tiny little over. country I know very little about. Yeah, except too. except that me I had too. a roommate from there, <laughs> and he loved the Backstreet Boys. Oh, huh. He was like, I, apparently the back, I think the Backstreet Boys are just much bigger in Europe than they are here. Well, they were huge. But I have the, a coffee table book of the Backstreet Boys that was but, given to me, and it was definitely published like pre Photoshop. It's it's a wonderful relic. <laughs> like everything is untouched. It's like horrible flash photography, and like there's definitely like action acne mm-hmm. a lot, and like horrible gelled hair. It's great. yeah. <laughs> but this was like 2006. This is past. But they're a little this bit delayed, well, though. Yeah, this is well past the Backstreet Boys like prime era. That's true. But they they were like late. 90s early 2000s so it's just yeah. a few years off, like, fi- really. like five years off yeah. well they're having a comeback tour they are they've got like a comeback movie mm-hmm. too they oh. never the ends you know nsync's been got dead for a while but the backstreet boys never broke up no yeah oh, well, justin that. timberlake was like see ya <laughs> yeah it's all and justin's fault yeah, yeah he's still crushing it <laughs> yeah the, the, none of i mean i guess nick carter was always the most famous backstreet boy but you get the sense that arguably, out of, I'm just arguably. saying I'm not saying the most I'm not saying the best or most talented. I'm just saying the most famous. But ultimately, those five guys seem like they were around the same level. Yeah. So that's probably why they felt cool just continuing to like tour together. Well, yeah. They're all like grown up. I think this new tour is about like we matured and we have families. And we've been in rehab. We're back. We're, we're backstreet back. men. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm excited. I will I will see that movie. I heard it's got kind of like a some kind of monster quality where they're like really like digging into their history and there's drama and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, I think I saw a clip and I mean they like talk back to each other and there there's some like behind the scenes I watched once when those remember MTV's making the video mm-hmm. and like Nick Carter was still the young one like hey and like <laughs> it, and and they other the other ones were like not into it anymore. They literally <laughs> tell him like shut up. Right. <laughs> shut up. Get, <laughs> out shut face. Face. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. That's so funny. Jackie, what's the weirdest place you ever lived? I haven't lived in any weird places. Well, I guess when I was like younger and we had like a house that was getting remodeled, then a bunch of us lived in an apartment and I have a big family, so I have like three siblings. So I guess that was weird because it was like four kids and two parents in an apartment, mm. like a two bedroom apartment, three bedroom apartment. I don't know. It was weird. Like we all like, and we like kind of played musical chairs with like who was living with who because it was like temporary mm. while the house was getting built. So my right. parents were like, Ryan, I'll like get another big space. Like we're just gonna live in this apartment for now. And so like at one point I lived in the same room with my little brother, but we were like teenagers, so it was like uh, annoying. Yeah, yeah. So it was that, and then like I think my older brother like moved out at some point because he was like, whatever, I'm gonna go live with the dorms anyway. Like I don't care. And so then I got my own room, but then like my little sister is around. I don't know. That was weird, I guess. Yeah. Like, not exciting weird. Not, like, a cool weird. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just family weird. Yeah, it was just, like, it was weird. very small for that amount of people, so. Yeah, that's, not, that's uh, I mean, even, even up through high school, at least when I was staying at my dad's place, I had shared a room with my little sister and little brother. Mm-hmm. And that, and one room for three kids, that's tough. That is tough, yeah. Especially since sometimes my, my stepmom would kick my little brother out and sleep on the bed in there because her and my dad were fighting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> so oh, that, that it really gets crowded. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the vibe was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The vibe was weird. That is weird. That all counts <laughs> yep. as weird. It's weird, you know, weird in a different way, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, 
Okay, so Mrs. Wilberforce has a number of parrots that she keeps as pets. I don't know if you're like a pet person, but have you ever had a pet that's not a dog or a cat? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. So I grew up in Miami, Florida. Okay. Very tropical. Yeah. For whatever reason, people just have insane pets in Florida. Well, that's, that's so where cool. that's where you, I think that's where you hear about people keeping like, you know, oh, tigers yeah, as pets. Tigers and, and yeah. alligators and pythons and shit. Yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. So my little, my, not my little brother, my older brother, Corey, was just the two of us. And he, what well, was our parents, but he loved snakes from a very young age mm. and my mom bought him like a and there was you can't there's snake stores pet shops parrots everyone's got crazy animals so my brother had snake a snake and then uh, inevitably in like a year it would die and he'd get a new one and was he the kind die. of was he because there's different kinds of snake people was he the kind of snake person who would walk around and like go to public places with the snake well, he was like <laughs> that's you know, a type of person seven, that's totally a type of person like 10 years old okay so he yeah he'd take this little we always got my mom always researched like the safest sweetest little snakes and they always yeah. are but yeah and he'd play with it he was also like a, a kid. like a garden snake yeah he would always he would take it around when he could but then he'd also get bored of it and have to do something else but we had so many different different kinds of snakes and we did release one into the wild which you're not supposed to do mm. oh yeah here. because then they can uh they can start breeding yeah. and they can start scaring the population well and, and I, that's i think what florida's dealing with right now is they Ugh. made it legal to go like hunt pythons because there was just too many it's illegal to hunt pythons yeah, they're encouraging people to go right for like, like for the for the good of nature can yeah. you just tangent explain like where are the pythons in, in, the, in like the wetlands, the Everglades, Everglades okay. which the Everglades is like basically the entire state of Florida was once Everglades, but yeah. they yeah. sanctioned a certain part, but it all spreads. There's wetlands and state There's parts. There's wetlands like everywhere, everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. And so people, after dumping all these people, would buy these snakes and then realize... Wait a minute, well, it's, I can't handle right. It's oh like the God. it's like the issue they That's had. That's a in like, nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like the issue they had in Australia, right? Where they brought like rabbits there, and then there's no natural predator for the rabbits, so <laughs> suddenly Australia is overrun with rabbits. Probably. And they're, they and they're, bring pythons there, I guess. Yeah. But, but then, if there's no predator for the pythons, then you're overrun with pythons. Floridians and over to Australia. That's, yeah. I don't think that's better than being overrun with rabbits. <laughs> Dingoes don't eat rabbits. Um, I don't think they do. Hmm. You can. Yeah. You can. They should eat them. <laughs> you should tell that to the dingoes. I'll let them know. I'll, yeah. let you, I'll get a dingo. You can have like a heart to heart talk with a dingo. I'm just saying. <laughs> Be like, eat this thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also had hamsters. Cool. I had a bunch of hamsters. We I had a pink. bunny. Mm. Our neighbors had peacocks. Oh, so you had like a whole oh, zoo cool. and stuff. Oh, yeah. We'd wake up with peacocks in our yard or in front of our Whoa. windows. I've heard stories about peacocks, that peacocks are incredibly annoying animals. Yeah, I mean, they're they, mean. And they let them run for whatever reason, and somehow it worked out. Our neighbors just let them kind of run the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and they'd always come back for food. But it was kind of a beautiful, exotic thing. It wasn't that big of an issue. Right. Yeah. But don't they make, like, incredibly loud noises? I remember they would get on the roof. We had flat roofs in Florida for whatever mm. reason. And they would... And they would um hop around on the roof and you can hear the dun, 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 wow. <laughs> all the time all the time and one time i was roller skating and i decided to walk my dog and roller skate at the same time and my oh, dog no. saw a peacock and right. took off and just like dragged me through the gravel <laughs> uh-huh. driveway this it's like it's like you're like living in the garden of eden yeah it's like just, just all say. these animals running around it really That's was so cool. and living there you don't realize it's any different anywhere else we had neighbors that had little baby crocodiles that probably grew up to be big Ugh. yeah that's, oh, that's right. horrible. No, Sorry. and that's why they say, like, don't me. buy, like, a baby crocodile or a baby tiger, because as cute as they might be, they're going to grow up and become monstrous animals yeah. that will try to eat your Adults. face. yeah. Yeah. What do people do with their pet crocodiles? They usually called cro- crocodile services. Croc- 
Crocodile Services? <laughs> Crocodile. <laughs> the dedicated, uh, yeah, we're FCS Florida Crocodile Services. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably be more accurate. I believe alli- we had alligators a lot more in Florida. I think oh, there's yeah. like a distinction. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what they Crocodiles. were. Crocodiles. But we took... Car- yeah. No, no, no. It's because yeah. there's the Florida well, Gators as a yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. This is crazy. Yeah. Florida's out of control. The, you, yeah. You hear stories about Florida. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I haven't been to Florida since I was a kid. I've never been to Florida. Oh, I want to go. But it, it's basically how I imagined it. It's overrun either with uh, people yeah. in bath salts or wild yeah, animals. Like lots of meth, lots of crazy animals. <laughs> I, have you ever been bitten by a snake? I've been bitten by multiple snakes. Yeah, I got, I got bit by my brother's snakes all the time. But, you know, we never had venomous snakes. But it's so funny now that I'm older. If I see a snake, I freak out. Mm. It's something like you lose your... You lose your innocence. I just like fear them now. And I think there's something then. about adult instincts yeah. because I feel like that too. Because when I was younger, I was less afraid of stuff. Like I didn't care about roller coasters. I wasn't yeah. as afraid of things. But now I'm like, I'm a little bit afraid of roller coasters. I'm afraid of certain things that must be like adult Definitely. instincts that are like, this is dangerous. Do not do it. I know my mom didn't used to be afraid of flying and now she kind of is. Mm. Yeah, it's actually, you know, like engineering now you understand things can fall apart right yeah there's you're like, human error all the time when you're a kid you're like oh adults built these planes yeah. so it's nothing could go wrong when you're <laughs> when you're a grown-up you're like okay I, I probably know the idiots who built this yeah. thing and yeah. i'm sure they screwed up i I'm went sure. to school with them and they're <laughs> yeah. morons <laughs> i'm sure they missed a lug nut somewhere and it's all gonna come crashing down yeah uh yeah no no i I mean, even more than that, I think you just, you get older and death becomes more real. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. you're like, okay, this, like this, could, ha- this could happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I trust nothing now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No more. Uh, true. Speaking of that, this plane overhead is probably going to crash into the house Stop, right now. Stop, John. And, and then we're all changes. going to get simultaneous brain aneurysms. Great. <laughs> Very negative today. I don't like it. <laughs> What's going on with you? It's, I, I feel positive, but I'm like, I just know this is going to happen. I'm just, you know, <laughs> the sweet embrace of death could come at any moment. Oh, God. Just one of those moods, I guess. Jackie. <laughs> just one of those moods. Have you ever had weird pets besides dogs? Um, I didn't live in Florida, so I have nothing as cool <laughs> yeah. as those things. Yeah. But, no, I definitely had, like, hamsters, turtles, fish. You know, what's, we- what's weirdest to me is, like, lizards. Because my old boss had a lizard, an iguana. Mm. Um, and these things, they sit in a cage... And they mostly don't move. And you feed them crickets. You feed them crickets. They smell like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sometimes take it out of the cage, and it continues to not move. They're not very exciting animals. Yeah, it's a like lot you, of those in Florida. Yeah, a lot of iguanas hanging out on people's shoulders. But what? Do you, but <laughs> what do you? Shoulders. But what do you get out of owning an iguana? Is what I wonder. Nothing. Stares. Yeah. Questions. Attention. <laughs> it's like right. It's attention like seeking. <laughs> it's like if you just want an animal that's gonna look at you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> without without any of the other bullshit that sometimes comes with pets. I always wanted to like write a character that's the guy that brings the iguana to like the street festival and then gets annoyed when you ask about. What? Look, it's just it's just with me, okay? What? It's my it's, it's my not friend. A big deal. This? Yeah. <laughs> Stop calling me out, okay? This is my choice. This is yeah, my life choice. This is my choice. <laughs> uh, Josh can play the character for you. you he'll, he'll nail it. All right, I'll, uh, let's do one more question before we move on to the movie. Um, so by the very end of the movie, Mrs. Wilberforce comes into a surprising amount of money that she just gets to keep. Uh, the last time you came into a surprising amount of money, whatever the reason, what did you do with it? Did you spend it on something fun? Did you invest it? Did you pay off bills? Surprising amount of money. like Were you, It I, could even be like, oh, I found like a $100 bill in a pants no, pocket I, that I didn't realize definitely, I had. Definitely. Oh, I, the, the shocking... I guess it was surprising. So I... Uh, 
sometimes will work part time for a screenwriter. Okay. Who shall remain unnamed. <laughs> and they were moving. Oh, I hope they never hear this. Sorry. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> Sorry, Drew Pierce. <laughs> um, uh, they are, that's a made, that's a made up name that you just made up. They're moving. Google it. They're moving, and um, they asked me to just do a run of all this crap they didn't want anymore, especially mm. like clothing. And it's a Goodwill, and like I dumped a bunch of it off, but you know, one of the bags was open, and it was a bunch of their clothes, and it was just J. Crush, you know, suits and all this like very high end label, but like denim right. T-shirts bags. Mm-hmm. Great, and they're they're from um, England, and I was like, wait a minute, wait one second here. I took like five bags of this to Crossroads, and put it up on the counter. An hour and a half later, they gave me two hundred fifty dollars oh, cash. Damn, okay. for these other people's clothes. Mm. Wait, but they were just ditching it anyways, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I have a feeling they didn't know that like something like Crossroads exists, or they probably yeah, wanted me right. to go exchange it for cash but um, there's a, i don't think there's anything ethically wrong with that I don't either. it's like you're one of those people who fine. you know like goes dumpster diving and then t- pawns what they find at the pawn shop totally. and gets the money mm-hmm. <laughs> totally i mean and you know i kept a shirt or two but they, they didn't i feel like it. you should have gotten first dibs on clothes you wanted anyway i, d- like I mean seems, i did a lot yeah. of it well, they, I, i'm not the same size as these people so it didn't mm. didn't work out that much but um That's but no disappointing. i think i i like and crossroads you probably know can be extremely selective on mm-hmm. their clothing, and it's a whole ego uh, kills your ego when yeah. you go in that place, and they don't want anything. Yeah, to yeah. Give you. And then I think I tried once, and I was like, oh, forget it. Yeah, they, <laughs> like, they're again. ruthless. They're like, yeah. no, mm, thank you, no. Sorry, we're we're the best of the best too. Exactly, but they died because a lot of it, I think, was like you know boutique clothing from like London, and then a lot of it was just really nice men's jeans and it was just anyway I felt like a million dollars with like $200 yeah, yeah. no it, those moments where you're just like you know just walking around with a little extra pocket buddy you're just like yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which straight to rent yeah there you go yeah, that's what, that's what, like, uh, I actually, I ended up getting, like, a, a royalty check from, you know, a comedy album that he made that I was, that was way higher than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Last year, I, I really wanted a Disneyland season pass. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't foolishly spend that much money. So right. I did, like, the, my first legit thing I've ever done was I'm the voice of the USS Enterprise in Star Trek Into Darkness. I knew Whoa. that. I knew that. I think I knew that about you. <laughs> yes, because I was working as a receptionist at Bad Robot at the time. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> and like every, I, as soon as I forget that that even exists, I get a residual check for that shit. Right. So one came for in the what, mail. For, for what, like, was, what was probably like five minutes of work? Oh, absolutely. Like five <laughs> minutes of work, it will be the most I've ever gotten paid for anything. This is a jet voice acting, see? I, I know. Josh, we're going <laughs> to talk afterwards. Yeah. Okay. If you get it, go for it yeah uh and and it was like this check residual check arrived that was pretty much the exact amount for a disneyland oh that's so cool there you go so you kind of treat yourself a little bit oh absolutely but i don't know but even yeah when i got this chunk of extra money i tried to i i was really good and i was really disciplined and i was just like you know what i'm going to pretend this never happened i just have a bigger bank account than i did the last day Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna keep doing what i'm doing and uh yeah being prudent letting it build because you never know. This is an industry of ups and downs. So you save it for yeah. a rainy day. That's so true. Because I'm mature and I'm a grown-up. <laughs> you are a grown-up, Josh. We believe you. <laughs> um, <laughs> your guys' stories make me think... I don't think I have anything like that where I got like surprising amounts of money or like royalties. But then that makes me think like... 
I need to start doing other things that could give me surprise money. I don't know if you've ever, like, you ever read horoscopes that tell you, like, you're going to come into a surprise amount of money. I'm like, that would never Mm -hmm. happen to me. It's not like my law firm's ever going to be like, you know what? We're going to suddenly give you a big chunk of, like, bonus like it just wouldn't happen so yeah. i think that happens to aquarius is like 10 times a year <laughs> according, to, according to according to the horoscope at right least. right but that's yeah. what i'm saying is like when you see that kind of stuff in a horoscope it always makes you think like where would i get surprise money from this? and now i know it's like what you guys are doing i gotta yeah. do some something oh, that gets yeah. me you gotta, royalties you gotta plant those seeds and then yeah. uh, you never know the money tree will just drop money in your, yeah in your that's pocket. what i want i want that horoscope to come true for me <laughs> All right. I think that's it, guys. I think it's. But can I say one thing, though? Yes, you can. Because I don't know if you made this clear, and, and sorry if I'm wrong and I missed it, but we're not doing like Lady Killers that's like their Lady Killers. It's the old Lady Killers. And I know you briefly said this is like a movie that they based a movie on. Go but... back go back and rewind the tape to okay. the first 20 seconds because I said in 1955's The Lady Killers. Oh, thank yeah. you. Okay, good, good, good. I totally we'll did. Wait, I just wanted to. Go back. To... Rewind. <laughs> This week on Accept the Mystery, we are talking about 1955's original The Lady Killers. Josh, I'm. Well, I hope so. Oh. You're right. Okay. 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 I just wanted to make sure because I. I didn't remember the 1955 part okay cool yeah people if you're really if you just watched we the 2004 lady killers and you oh, want to listen to us talk about that um first of all i'm sorry yeah second of all go back and listen to the accept the mystery episode we did about that did you watch that one too no oh, okay the all right one. we're gonna we're, we might end up talking a little bit about that too but because this one is so much better I could, this one is so much better they the are, original. we're gonna they are similar but I mean, is it the same plot? You know what? You know what? I think we should get into it. Oh, okay. We're gonna we're gonna talk yeah. about that in our next segment, which is called the Big Review Ski. So the movie we're talking about today is The Lady Killers. It was released in 1955. It's a considered one of the great classic British comedies. Coen Brothers' first film, right? Yes, the, fir- the <laughs> yes the Coen Brothers first film. I te- I'm, hey, you know what? Technically, by by chronology, this is the oldest film we have talked about on this show by a lar- by That's a wide true. margin. Um, but we have already we- watched and talked about the remake starring Tom Hanks, Ugh. and it's very interesting because the story structure is surprisingly similar. Very surprisingly But this movie is so much better. Incredibly better. And it's hard to put my finger exactly on why. So maybe by talking about this and talking about why this movie works, you can figure out a little bit more why that movie didn't. Yeah. I didn't see the new one. I saw the the original (laughs) last night. Um, did, what did you think? Did you? Did I you was it? so delighted because yeah. I didn't know Delight at is a all. Good word. Yeah. I did not know at all kind of what it was. I just knew people did not widely receive the remake. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was excited. I don't even know if this was going to be a comedy. I didn't know if it was going to be a drama. And it's sort of. I love that it kind of rides. It's the driest humor I, I think I've ever seen, and maybe in any film. But it's both dry. Mm-hmm. It's dry moments, but it's totally wacky at moments oh, too. There's so much so slapstick silly. and stuff yeah. in this. Yeah. So silly, down to the guy's teeth. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, we could just start talking about Alec Guinness a little bit because what a what yeah. a what a performance anchoring this. He is. Uh, he looks like something out of the Adams family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just has this like. The way he'll just like stretch out the end of his sentences, and he's—it's uh, hard to imagine this guy is, is also Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh huh. I love when you pointed that out because yeah. I didn't realize it at first either. Because because this is so far from like wise old man. This is uh this is incredibly creepy old man. He's so funny. He's like <laughs> he's like a cartoon 
character with his stringy hair and that ridiculous teeth. Yeah. Right. And the way. But it that- wasn't like too much either. That's the thing. He wasn't like a complete caricature, which I liked. No, he was definitely not overplaying it. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks overplayed Ugh. it. Way Ugh. over, way over, Ugh. way completely over the top. This I would is- say watch it, Emily, but then don't. <laughs> So bad. I mean, I, as, a screen, as a screenwriting exercise, you can mm, watch curious. it mm-hmm, just be, mm-hmm. just to see like how somebody could take the same basic uh, story skeleton mm-hmm. and completely fuck it up. Because they said it like very modern present day. They did. They said it. They said it. Yeah, in the two thousands, and they moved it from fifties England to the uh, to like the south. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hanks is like a southern gentleman. I remember and that. Like he's an, like a, yeah. He's and there's like an old black southern woman instead of like. And there's a, a Wayans brother in it. There is a Wayans brother in it. <laughs> There's J.K. Simmons in a very, very unfunny role, sadly, because he's great in almost everything else. Yeah. He um, reminds me of the lead The lead in this... What is it, the character's name? Oh, uh, Professor Marcus. Professor Marcus. Reminds me of, like, a live-action version of the Despicable Me guy with the scarf. Okay. Yeah. I Maybe can totally see hair. that. But just, I guess maybe it was the scar. I haven't, I haven't seen Despicable Me either. I've I have Neither none oh. of us have. No, but I. But I'm like, yeah, he seems like the same basic guy. Been to Universal Studios in except, the last six years. Except I think in Despicable Me, he's like he's kind of a good guy. You figure out by yes. the end of the movie. And here he's he's uh, yeah he's never spoiler a good alert. Guy. Thanks, Josh. By, spoiler: <laughs> He's a bad guy, but you sort of like him too, though. He's like, yes, yes, we should put the cello back in. Because the- yeah, because he's having so much fun doing this. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like he's taking so much joy in orchestrating this heist and this caper and even when things are going wrong he's t- he there, he's kind of having like a sick sort of pleasure in watching it all fall apart yeah but like what you just said right now too it seems like they were classy characters mm-hmm. like despite <laughs> what they were doing like they weren't like beating her up like they weren't like rude to her or like nasty with her they were just kind of like doing everything in a really polite way even though what they were doing was wrong but they right. had like all this etiquette about everything they did it would have been a much different movie if they had just been like screw her right yeah. let's just kill the like, old lady no no no, no yeah. No. yeah yeah everyone was trying to be tiptoeing around her the, that i think is the headline for me how polite everyone yeah. was in this movie yeah including now, the little old lady. all the decorum yes yes now i wonder if part of yeah. that is just because a this is england where everybody seems naturally yeah. classier because of that accent <laughs> and b everybody's you know like wearing bowler hats mm-hmm. it's like how could you not be classy if you but like, i think they're acting classier though i mean they could have just like immediately gagged her and like tied her up the second that she found out about the money you know they were still kind of like well this is an old lady like we should do the right thing they right. weren't like as much of like brutes as they could have been so you're right and and to me that's that's basically the biggest leap of poetic license necessary to take this movie seriously is like if these criminals are willing to pull off this job why would it you would think from the very beginning they would be willing to eliminate this old lady by the end of it right Right, but I think that was so from a screenwriting perspective. Like they had to have, they had to have this element of politeness, or they right. would have yeah. no movie. Other, uh, right, yeah. exactly. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense it was a why they w- exactly. why they wouldn't just immediately offer as soon as she'd done her part in this yes. plot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is, but yeah, that is what makes it funny that they all eventually just turn on each other. Mm-hmm. Sorry about the scraping noises outside. Someone in case is you can trying hear to heist us. Yeah. Yes. No, they're, uh, yeah, somebody is just tunneling underneath. Digging a grave. <laughs> or, or, uh, or waiting to drop a body onto a train. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I do love like the location. Like yeah. it only yeah. could have worked in this cool little creepy house, like specifically next to this railroad station. Yeah, it reminded me we were talking about it yesterday of if you've ever heard the story of like that old woman who lived, uh, who like had a house that was in a residential area, but then you know 
cor- uh, like a company that was going to build a mall tore down like bought every house in that neighborhood oh. tore down all the houses except she was the only person not willing to sell her it's house up. yeah it's kind what Up's based on it's this, like the story yeah. that Up's based on so they just decided okay we're going to just build a shopping mall like around your house mm-hmm. and like took up every square yeah they're just waiting for her to die waiting waiting for her to die basically yeah. Um, yeah. But it looks the same, like that, like the house at mm-hmm. the end of like all these big buildings. Yeah, just like this little cottage in between, like all this, uh, all this big business. Or they could conveniently dump body. It was the coolest thing. <laughs> it was so smart. Like we can just dump this body, and it's not, and it's going to move something else. Yeah. Is going to transport this body away. Mm-hmm. There's this reoccurring. It's another. It's another motif that they tried to replicate in the Coen Brothers movie, where they dumped yeah. all the bodies onto like a garbage barge that was passing underneath uh, the bridge. Yeah. Uh, but. I don't know. Hmm. Something was missing. There wasn't like the smoke that was coming up and disguising their yeah. actions, which was really a really cool trick. It was so, and I was saying this yesterday, and I still can't figure out what the exact right word is, like with the smoke, but it was just so not like, it wasn't in your face that they were like offing them and killing them. It was just kind of like, all right, like his feet are there and the smoke passes, his feet are gone. You know, like it was just not in your face. It was very, it was also kind of like elegant and like understated. So like everything was like very polite. It wasn't like this. Yeah, it was very (laughs) tasteful. It wasn't like this big, like shootout gore, like beat somebody up, like hurt. You never saw that the guy fell off the roof. You're just like, okay, no, every, every time there is any moment of violence in the movie, it is off camera. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even when that guy is like pushed into the train from the ladder, mm-hmm. um, it's all left to the imagination. I think but it's all, a fifties thing. It's, yeah. Part of that might just be the Hayes code yeah. of there's certain things you can't show. Oh, I'm sure they, it was an incredibly violent movie that was so adorable and pleasant. Yeah. yeah. A I, delightful. A movie that you could, a movie that you could like basically watch as a kid. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. No, no shootout no stabbings no nothing well and i did zero research but was it already was this based on a play or anything because it easily uh, could have been not based on a play it did have an interesting source uh first of all it was written by an american uh-huh. named william, william rose. rose yes william rose wrote the screenplay um said that he dreamed the entire plot of the film cool. and Whoa. all he had to do was write down what happened in the dream afterwards oh so cool that's yeah. great i love that <laughs> and it does cool that will happen to me one day yeah, you'll just wake up with a fully formed, brilliant play in your head. I did that in high school. Boom. Yeah. See? My high school senior play, well, I just had a weird dream about going to space. <laughs> this was nom- This got nominated for an Academy Award. Oh, it deserved it. I mean, it was, every scene I was like, ah, it was just very clever. Each yeah. scene and everything that was set up and how it all went down. It was, cl- it was very, very, clever. very cleverly structured. At the same time, it does seem to move by a certain dream logic, too. Mm-hmm. For some reason, there's this old lady in the midst of everything, but sh- but all the bad events just kind of miraculously avoid her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's I love the title because the whole time <laughs> I'm I'm just yeah. waiting for this woman to die. Yeah. And uh, spoiler, she does not die. She does not die. Kind oh yeah, we can rarely. say spoilers. On yeah. This no. For sure. Yeah. Anybody anybody listening to this has already watched the movie. I'm just sensitive to spoilers about other movies that I haven't seen, which is why I yelled at Josh earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. She yeah. will. At this at this point, she just does it to troll me. She will just yell yeah, spoiler alert for, for no reason. <laughs> Once I said spoiler tro- alert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once I said something was a spoiler alert when we talked about something that happened in the past, and like I really got him because he got right. all upset. He was like, "It's it already happened." I'm like, Josh, like right. I was just kidding. It was so great. Sometimes like you're talking about like th- just something <laughs> that happened in the world. <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's yes, he died. Everybody knows he died. <sighs> Oh, it's so good. But, but you know, also about the title, Lady Killers, uh, for the other, the Coen Brothers one, because I didn't know it was based on the original, but mm-hmm. um, I thought Lady Killers was supposed to be some, like, 
swingers type of like lady killers uh-huh. kind of guys right. and then i was like oh it's it's not that at all but well i'm sure but i think that plays into i'm sure the pun meeting. is there yeah. But yeah, but I thought it was like literally more uh, about that. Yeah, but it is not like any of these guys are like lady killing charming guys. Um, no, but they were charming. I think the whole yeah. thing is is like they had to be charming in order to pull it off with this sweet little old lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, there are different levels of charming. Obviously, you got Professor Marcus, who's this uh, this total killer sweet talker, even as he seems like he's constantly up to no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then you also have you know like uh, the big dumb guy. Wait, weird, one round. One round. One round. Yeah. yeah, because he was a former boxer who uh, ah, his matches used to like just last that. one round. Oh, yeah, that's where that I didn't know what that was. From. I was like, what is that? The idea, I think, was he wasn't supposed to just be dumb. He was supposed to be kind of punch drunk, like a guy who'd been hit in the head one too many times. Mm. And I think he, he pulls that off pretty mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Much better than in the remake, where the guy's just like a moron, and you're like, it was entertaining at times, but you're like, it's not the same dumb that makes sense. Right. Like, in this one, you could believe that this guy was, like, kind of dumb. Like, you said punch drunk. So you're like, okay, it fits his character. But the other one, like, the 2004 one, is like, ugh. Right. It is weird that, yeah, they kind of replicated that cast, kind of. Because, yeah. yes, okay, there are, there is the professor in both versions. There is the big dumb guy in both versions. Although I like the big dumb guy in the new version. He's got that I great do, voice. I do. Oh, like coach. Standing- coach, I'm coach, sorry. Coach. 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 Well, yeah, no, I, I like his character, but the movie is bad, and he's one of the characters that is bad. Like, if that makes sense. Like, separate from the movie, he's uh-huh. funny and entertaining. Right. But it just, like, he's not a grounded character in the same way that the original is. That's what I mean. There's also a temperamental guy who hates old ladies in both movies. That's true. He was um, the one with the hat. And this one, yeah, it was, he, was the one, he was the one with the hat who just always looks upset for some <laughs> yeah. reason. And he's a heartthrob. And in, uh, in the 2004 version, he's played by Marlon Wayans. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that, he's supposed to be... Yeah, it's the same guy who like kind of just hates old ladies. I think I think really? that's the, like I think the that's a parallel with the with the jacket, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they made Marlon. Oh, okay. I think yeah. he was just like, I got the impression he was like, I'm the most recognizable. I committed crime most recently. Like that's he's, the impression. Yeah. I right. Got. He's the he's the guy who seemed like it probably killed somebody before. Right. Where the other ones, I'm not so sure. Right. When I what I love because I have been going through a lot of this like. They didn't justify any of these people's backstory. We understood <laughs> that they're all criminals, but that was it. And we just went with it. Right. Like, we yeah. did not need to know. Because you don't. Because you don't need did. to know. You're just like, okay, it's a bunch of criminals. They're planning a heist. Yeah. That's literally all you need to yeah. know about they're these dangerous. people. They're dangerous. They're criminals. The, the, it's also because they weren't too wacky. There's just like something about it. Like they were just each a believable character that you weren't like, wait, but why? Mm-hmm. But why? You're just kind of like, I accept that because mm-hmm. it was like the right amount of information and not too much crazy. Well, and, and, and nobody and nobody yeah. ever says like. Oh, this you know this guy is kind of nervous, or this guy, or this guy is the angry guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. or like nobody ever says to a character, "Why are you always so angry all the time?" Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just get it from their performances. Yes. Yeah. Um, although <laughs> I love the nervous major. Sorry. Yeah. Al- yeah. Although, although, uh, although uh, Louis, the temperamental guy, does say at one point, "Oh, I just I hate old ladies. I just can't stand them." Like, yeah. <laughs> Which, that like, was okay, the most just, explicit we yeah, got. Yeah. Just, just putting it that bulky is, is like, actually kind of funny. He had a bad experience with the old lady. <laughs> yes. You don't. You never get. You never get the backstory yeah. of like his traumatic experience as a child with Flashback. old ladies. <laughs> yeah. No, I. There's. There is way too much backstory in movies now. It's a. Uh, yeah. It's for the most. Yeah. Just get to the Who get cares? to the good stuff. Yeah. True. I agree. Even the the old lady in this. At one point, she starts going into a reverie about like her twenty first birthday. Yes. But 
Which was, and you thought it was going to be this like cherished story. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was in Our Lady the Queen. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. It's just a story about nothing. Point. And the best part of it was like, it brings me back to my 21st birthday. And you'd see, uh, you'd see Alec Guinness's face just kind of drop like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a great shot. Yeah. All three of them like melt. Like, oh, oh, fuck. Here we go. Yeah. Wait, so this like just occurred to me too, as we're saying that though, do you think like, because I think it's so true, we have so much exploration of backstory in movies today where everyone's like, and then in my childhood, XYZ thing happened. And maybe is it because like the acting or writing isn't as good where you like don't believe that the character is that character? Because we're just saying right now that we believe these characters and we didn't have to see their backstory. Is there just something about that? I think, well, I think it's... Like overcompensating? Maybe? Yeah, I, I think sometimes you feel pressure now to make characters that have like a whole bunch of recognizable quirks and ticks. And, yeah. ha- and have a bunch of weird stuff that needs to be explained. Here, these guys are basically, you could put all their character descriptions in like a couple words. Well, this I guy's just like kind of f- nervous. And you it's know? a fun story, and that's what kept us watching. Right. I think now there's a tendency to be like, but what's the, act- what's the audience's emotional connection? Yeah. None of us identified with any of these criminals. Yeah. No. And none of us really identified with this old lady, but it was a really interesting, fun story. It's just, yeah. Funny, seeing, yeah, that's funny true. seeing this yeah. group and this, and this particular person playing off each other because well, she they, seems so out of place in this world. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that it's a real shame that like a lot of executives and all these notes are like they want you to emotionally connect so there has to be a dying daughter there has to be the ailing son there has to be the like uh yeah the The abuse or something abused wife yeah and as otherwise you don't care but i don't know and maybe we're as a society less uh, empathy, uh, have less empathy, and maybe I, that's why they want us. To what care. I do think for sure is, I think we're a society that's much more, um, in like much more therapized, much more in tune with like uh, understanding like where emotions and motivations and stuff come from. So maybe mm-hmm. people feel like they need to have those things explained more mm-hmm. um, because yeah. we're so used to having to explain those things like in ourselves and to each other. Mm-hmm. Where back then people were just like, oh, this guy's just like that. Yeah, which I prefer. Yeah. Yeah, just me too. Go with it. Yeah, just accept people the way they are. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like definitely like less cheesy. There's something so cheesy about flashbacks. In the 2004 version, they all met on Craigslist. No. Which, <laughs> yes. Which was like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Well, and they never... They, and I didn't once think until this moment, how did they all find each other? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you weren't questioning that. You didn't, you, in the, like a gangster squad. I don't know. Yeah. And you don't... Jail. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. In in the 2004 version, Tom Hanks is a professor of like early Renaissance studies or something. <laughs> Here, it's not really clear if he's a professor of anything. His mm-hmm. name is just the professor. Well, she goes, "Oh, a professor of music." At one point, he's like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> a professor." Just a professor. Well, uh, I and I liked um, uh, when the little old lady. They gave her. There was one line about why was she so adamant about about going to the police, and she all it is is she just looks up at her dead husband, the Navy mm. gentleman, and there's mm-hmm. like a musical cue, and it's like because she, you know, her allegiance is to her law enforcement, and I thought that was mm. like, yeah, very cute. Yeah. It was. Yeah, she was very cute. Which also reminds me, because you're saying music cues, there was very dramatic music in this, like lots of musical cues, and I was just saying to Josh when we were watching it that I actually like it actually totally worked because a lot of time I hate music in movies that's like telling you how you're supposed this to. This has feel. been a, this has been an ongoing uh, yeah frustration for a lot of us. Is, yeah, we you know kind of Mickey Mouse music, mm-hmm, music yeah. that uh, music that perfectly like you know gives you the emotion you're supposed to be feeling in that scene because a lot of music in modern movies is really really overused. Downton yeah. Abbey. I was just talking about this. I love Downton Abbey, but. Holy moly, there's like times I don't even know what's going on in the scene, but that 
that little musical cue. Oh well, I think right. she just said something very insulting. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's it's literally it is treating the audience like idiots because yeah. it's like okay, even if you're not following what's going on in this scene, you at least understand what this person is supposed to be feeling because the music is telling you exactly what they're supposed yes, to be feeling. Hundred percent. Yeah. Here it's, but here it worked, even though it was doing that. It was doing that a little bit. Maybe it's because not too much. I, I I made this note that you can hear the orchestra here. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you can hear the orchestra on the music cues. You can tell that this is like made by real musicians and not just some guy like throwing shit together in Pro Tools. Yeah, and, for, and I don't I I don't want to just say that like technology just ruins everything because that's a little simplistic, but but it does make a difference. Mm-hmm. And there is there's a tactile reality to this world. I've never been to London. I've never been to London now. I've certainly never been to London in the fifties. But there's such a strong sense of setting in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from the very beginning, where you're just seeing Mrs. Wilberforce like walking to the constable station, and just the all the old storefronts and the old cars and like the horses and the apple carts, and it's like it's yeah. it feels like from from our vantage point now, it almost feels like a storybook world. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so like it's so like. Was it supposed to be the fifties, or was it supposed to be? Older than I was that, thinking though. that too. I didn't know if it was supposed to. Be I think it was. Still, before that. I think it was supposed to take place. Cards? I think it was supposed to take place in modern times. Then, but the cars were like forties. So were they? I, that yeah. was the one. I was literally thinking that as I watched it. I'm not a car person, so I couldn't place them. But I was thinking, like, I mean, even if, of course, every car wouldn't be brand new. But when I think of fifties cars, I'm thinking of like Cadillacs and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, but it also was, was like London, 40, so there wasn't yeah. imported cars that were. There were British cars, I suppose. I don't know. Right. I'm not sure. I think yeah. 1950s cars were like a little bit bigger. I, I agree, but, but, this but was not. An old but maybe town. yeah. Yeah. Or maybe not, because this was London, right? But it was yes. London, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this should have been like you know the height of British innovation of that time mm. in theory. But even then, like, well, watch she it. dressed like she was from like 1890. Of course, but yeah. she but she's an old woman. She was an old lady. But wa- but watching somebody like tear apart a car and like tear the headlights off a car, it's yeah. like you can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. that's just awesome to watch that happen. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, wa- actually, I'm sorry, I stand corrected. That might be fine. Those, I mean, the cars might be okay. I I thought so. that very thing, and I was lazy and didn't look it up. But I was wondering, <laughs> is this supposed to be right now, or could it easily have been like a, a few years? You know, they're all kind of working, mm. sort of working class. It could have been right easily. But a few years before. Yeah. What blew my mind, and I had to have Jackie look this up as we were watching the movie yesterday, do you know how much 60,000 pounds is in yeah. modern dollars? No. It's over a million dollars. Like 60,000 pounds then is a, over a million dollars now. now. No, it's yes. over a million pounds. Oh, it's over a million pounds now? Yeah. Oh, wow. Let's that's go like, back to it. That's way more. Because a pound's way more than a dollar, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also love, they never explained it. It wasn't until the very end or that... We even knew it was from a bank or a bank heist or any of that. <laughs> I mean, I guess a car left a bank and they watched it leave. It was just, it, it was an train. armored car robbery. Yeah. Yeah. And and we didn't need to know the time and the bank and like, no, they were just, they didn't explain any of that. And I'm like, well, there's obviously some money in there. For me personally, at least, uh, the heist sequence was the high point of the movie. Because I thought it was so well orchestrated and so fun to just watch them pull this off. Well, and the tension with the lady stopping. Right, right. And she's like, why is she going back? And everybody piling into the phone booth yeah. is just such such perfect, like, Three Stooges level slapstick. Yeah. It's such so much fun to watch. Um, and there's there's an elegance to the plot, too. In uh, I, I hate to keep comparing it to, to the 2004 movie, but it's so interesting to... 
we're Coen Brothers fans here, but they, it seems like they screwed up so much trying to translate yeah. the story a few decades into the future. It's a very simplistic heist plot of that movie that they spend very little time on. They basically just like dig a hole into a casino and then like blow up the casino wall. Is and it a casino? Yeah. There's no armored car in that one. They like they pick the old lady's house because it's like adjacent to a like a casino. That's what I thought. I thought there was digging involved, and that's why the whole movie I was kind mm. of waiting for them to tunnel through somewhere. Right. Yeah, that's a new yeah. One. There's totally digging. There's only digging in the new one. But yeah, mm. they just they dig a tunnel. They blow up the wall to the casino. They steal all the cash and they bring it back. Mm. And there's like there's there's just there's no art to it. No art. And also, it is 1.2 million pounds. Okay. So it's how dollars. many how many dollars is that? Okay, I'll translate. Look that dollars. up. Yeah. Just, Human I think, calculator. I think we're at one point three right now, Sterling. Did you just know that off the top of your head? I was in London like <laughs> like a month or two months ago. Oh, that's right. You were in London like yeah. a month ago. Okay, so so does London now look anything like this? Yeah, London really? looks the same all the time. One point four U.S. dollars. There we go. Close. Okay, I can't tell if you're being uh, sarcastic. Or no, right. for real. Uh, and and it's very it's so interesting to me because all their structures are. You, it's like you go to a bar and it was been around since the 1700s and we went to a one pub with my friend Carolina and I was like and it was this beautiful old building and I said I wonder what this used to be before it was a pub and she goes it's like it's, it's just always been a, it's been always a been a pub, pub. <laughs> right it's like Whoa, when the yeah. Anglo-Saxons invaded England they <laughs> built this pub okay that reminds me of this thing that Frank actually posted this but it was like weird things about time were like Ox no Cambridge or Oxford Oxford has been around longer than the Aztec like all of the ruins. What? Yeah. It was like built in like 1093 or something insane. I'll look it so up. So like a thousand years ago. Yeah. It's older than the Aztec, like what are Aztec ruins now. And it's still, and it's still around. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's Cambridge or Oxford. I'll look it up. Yeah. I love I, looking these things up. I just, yeah. uh, I attribute a lot of that to just uh, the dominance of English. Um, like as a, the language specifically mm-hmm. um, that like okay that's that's still a thing because everybody still speaks English around the world nobody speaks Aztec no it's actually it's something I've, I've thought about a lot actually I feel like we just English peaked at a like really historically lucky moment because because English because the British Empire essentially peaked at the same time mass media was becoming a thing mm. every country around the world has to learn English mm. and so uh, basically forever now for the rest of like human society English is like the language of the world good yeah i know it's the only one i know too i know i'm just saying we got super lucky yeah um it's like a little over two million dollars okay yeah (laughs) so that's like so that's a legit heist they're pulling off when you see the headline and it says sixty thousand pounds you're like that that seems like they're going through a lot of work to steal sixty thousand pounds but that's a lot of money they're Mm -hmm. stealing yeah and if it had gone smoothly there wasn't a lot of work (laughs) no but it's it was so human element it was it was so elegantly plotted out that uh he you know marcus is on the phone and he's like the old lady should be showing up now yeah like he's like he's got he's everything is moving to the music in his head and it's very beautiful and the whole movie feels very orchestrated like that it is it's delightful is the right word this entire this entire movie is just is just a joy to watch from start to finish i have like a a lot of sympathy for like uh, the elderly like it's hard for me to watch yeah. old people living on their own and <laughs> yeah. no one's there to yeah. care so as soon as it started I was like oh no something mm-hmm. terrible is going to happen to this absolutely adorable I did google her because she was so incredible she was perfect she was the perfect straight woman for this movie she was yeah. so good and you could tell 
that she wasn't just they didn't just hire some lucid old lady <laughs> and told her to just act herself no she was just like her timing was perfect yeah and the way she committed to everything and uh, i just adored her yeah yeah okay. no and even when she's upset that very polite british like mm-hmm. well well i am just absolutely shocked and appalled by this whole situation mm-hmm. now we're going to have some tea time, yeah. and you two, and you are not going to breathe a word like, of this. These are my oldest and dearest friends. Uh-huh. Like, like they would oh, give a crap. Like they would give a crap that these are her oldest and dearest that was friends. What they did, yeah. and then they came, and there was like, there were like really long shots where the camera just stayed way back, which is you know you never see that anymore. Yeah. But like all her little friends came in, yep. and then she ushers them to the other room, and then mm-hmm. for no reason they all came yeah. back in again. Right, they ha- they're she, little ladies. They have to talk. Right, no, yeah. like she she told them just be be in, stay in the tea room. We'll ha- I'll be with you in a minute, and then they just all started smiling <laughs> out again. Yeah. It was like it was like a herding sheep scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like cute. you think you think she's got them all back into the room. It's like, oh no, she forgot one old lady, <laughs> yeah, yes. and they and they panned Talking back to, to her. Cute, cute. <laughs> they were all so polite yet very not polite. Yes, right, yeah, not at all. Great. And they're all like they all like look the same. It's like oh. just multiplying old yeah, ladies. They were like little blue suits. It was so cute, so cute. <laughs> I do want to just confirm about. Oxford. So okay. teaching started in Oxford as early as 1096, what? and by 1249, the university was officially founded. The Aztec civilization as we know it began with the founding of, I can't say this word, Tenochtitlan? Tenochtitlan. Tenochtitlan. That's like their capital. <laughs> I've never said it aloud. I've never had reason Chichen to. Yeah, I've been there. I don't, the I don't Chichen... remember it. Oh, Chichen Itza? Chichen Itza. Chichen Itza. Is that the same? I only know about that because I, from playing the computer game Civilization. Yeah, I only know about that because I went on a kind of a cruise. All right. Uh Well, your your reason is cooler than mine. Yeah. Well, that was in 1325 is when it was founded. So that's pretty crazy. It is weird. Yeah, it is weird. England is old. It's It's so old. I want to go there. I haven't been. I'm so upset. I really want to go. I know. No, um, it's, yeah. America just has no culture. We have no, like, longstanding... well, maybe, that's why maybe I love the East asking, Coast. That's why I asked everyone there. I was like, I, we don't have old buildings in the United States because they get zoned. Like, oh, there's no ramp here. This, right. This isn't sound. <laughs> like, this isn't. It's because of coding. Safety codes keep and changing. Th- and that's a little bit. And I mean, it's one thing, in fact, when you're in like the East Coast or like a place like Boston, where I think they do have some, you know, some centuries old buildings and stuff. So well, they're like, love. they have to mark them as historic landmarks right. and they won't touch them. But LA, we are just we are just like no. a city that was just like build it, shoddily, tear it down. shoddily build it, built up tear it on top down. of a desert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's some stuff from the 20s, and I like that stuff, but which is like a hundred years old. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. But in, yeah. In, the, in this grand historical timeline we're talking about, that's really nothing. There's a great idiot Izzard whole stand up about this. Yeah, yeah. No, we are like LA should not exist. If we're, without the Hoover Dam, we were we would be like just How like dare dry. You? Yeah. This is we should not exist. We do exist. And look, LA is my hometown. I'm just I'm just saying. We like it makes You're no sense. It makes no it makes no sense that we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another another one of the cast members of this movie who we haven't talked about because I think he's the least interesting of the five, but he's played by Peter Sellers. Which one? Um like the like the curly haired guy. Really? Yeah. That Which was one? that was, um He's like the young like he looks like he's in the rap pack. <laughs> he's the guy who's That's fe- Peter Sellers. He's, yeah, he's the guy who's feeding the Paradis medicine. Right. He's like kind of the like more younger I was energy, looking at him and I was like one. who is he? That was Peter Sellers' first major film role. Really? Um he'd wow. done he had done some TV stuff for the Goon show and some other things and in, like 7 years after this he would the Pink Panther would come out. Mm. Uh but this was him like yeah, just kind of dipping his toe into film stardom. And he doesn't have a whole lot to do here. He's fine, but but he's great. Like he was maybe the one of the most physical characters. Uh huh. Yeah. I felt like. Yeah, but no mustache. No. No. Great green. No. Yeah, great green jacket. Yeah. 
And yeah, oh, and that, and that whole early sequence of them trying to feed the parrot, and just everything oh, is going so wrong. so great. Yeah. yeah. It was so great how she, one by one, got them all down, and she did it. I'm sorry to bother you. <laughs> <laughs> terribly sorry. Yep. Terribly, terribly sorry. Yeah, why does she have all these parrots in the first place? Because they were her husband's yeah. pet, pets in the Navy. Which <laughs> she, she, like, she feels like she has to. She's like, they were his pets in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> I... I uh yeah no my um uh, my uncle used to have a parrot, and it was it's just the worst. Those bird. two were all over <laughs> Miami, and they're loud. I yeah. had a babysitter who she called in sick; to, she couldn't pick us up from school because her pet parrot snuck out of its cage and bit a hole through her toe. Yeah, what? Like while she was sleeping. They're nasty. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! No, they're nasty birds. They'll just they'll bite you. Mm-hmm. They sometimes they talk, but very temperamentally, they don't really talk. No. They it's never die. They like gray parrots live longer than humans mm-hmm. do. What? Really? Yeah. I didn't know it was longer. I thought it was just like ninety or something. It, that may be a little bit longer. Oh, but okay. Yeah. Like yeah. So yeah, these just these awful. If you if you if you get your kid a parrot, it will just have to take care of this fucking thing for the rest of its yeah. life. My <laughs> brother, same one who wanted a parrot after he graduated from snakes, and my mom, she took him down to the pet store and she made him talk to the pet store owner about it. And after that, he was over. It's it. like, yep, nope. I decided that's just not a good enough reason. Yeah. Oh man, they're pretty though. Um. So yeah, I loved. I, I'll be honest, I, I love this entire movie. I like the first half more than the second. Maybe because I really loved a lot of those slapstick set pieces and just the, mm. watching this whole plan come together. The final act where they're all uh, turning on each other and offing each other. Still a lot of fun. It's maybe maybe still some of it's just still kind of... Uh, you, just ha- you really just have to roll with it and mm-hmm. be like, okay, just a lot of weird coincidental things are happening. Like, at the ver- you know... Uh, Professor Marcus just dies because like something conks him on the head and he falls into a train car. Well, and then it's just I had to over. rewind that because <laughs> in like I watched it uh, and I was like, I think I was like moving papers in my mm-hmm. in my apartment and and I watched it and I was like, did that just uh, slice him in half? Oh. For a second, I saw it real quickly and I thought it sliced him in half. That would be that like, would be dark for this movie. Yeah, yeah. this movie went crazy. <laughs> Not so delightful anymore. I re- rewatched it because it's kind of in the shadows. Too. Mm-hmm. I thought they sliced him in half, which would have been a really cool ending. But yeah, he just knocks him out. And just knocks him out. out. Yeah, no, you know, uh, it's funny. It's funny when uh, when one round tries to shoot them and he's just got the safety catch on. Mm-hmm. I mean, obvious, but still funny. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And the whole ladder bit is pretty funny, mm-hmm. but then, but then, but, but then again, he just, yeah, it's like I remember he he pried the ladder yeah, off so easily with yeah. like one hand. It's like, yeah. That ladder must not have been on very tightly. Yeah. Uh-uh. Should not have been able to hold no, his weight. No, not yeah. at all. Um, so yeah, it's just basically basically fate and circumstance mm-hmm. kill all these people mm-hmm. and set it up so the old lady could get the money in the end and everything works out perfectly. And very, you don't see those a lot. The movies I was like, is this is this really how it's going to end? She's just. Right. She gets to keep the money. Yeah. And she goes and spends it on good things. And it's a great happy ending for yeah. her. I yeah. mean, it's, it works out. It works out perfectly for her. And it is funny that she just keeps the money because nobody believes her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was more believable in this movie how this would all happen, whereas like in the modern Lady Killers, mm-hmm. it didn't make sense because it was also like we're talking about like an age where there's like security cameras and like. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way that yes. things should have played out that way. And also, and you know the what? Lady the, was different. The modern, but. the modern version of the Lady Killers team—they seemed like they seemed, seemed like scummier guys. Yeah, they seemed like guys. And at points, they were pretty clearly trying to kill this lady, and mm. some of the people like straight up just wanted to kill her. Mm. Yeah, um, they didn't have that reverence or anything. For right? Her. They were they were not like t- 
none of them were like changing into their mind like oh I don't want to do it I can't kill her oh, she's like my yeah. bum there definitely yeah. was this ongoing game that no one wanted to kill that lady yeah. right they knew they needed to but not one person and if they had you would have ended the movie in the in the modern it. one there's like the mute Asian general who tries to kill the lady but then he like swallows his cigarette and trips oh. backwards on the, sta- <laughs> the stairs and it's it's very yeah it's a uh, very contrived mm. I think is the right word Yes, contrived is the right word. Um, and and again, you can see I can see what the Coen brothers saw in this movie that they wanted to adapt because they're also very into kind of fate and circumstance and the way all these big they love slapstick first of all, but they also yeah. love just a uh, you know just kind of yeah the wind the whims of fate just making these crazy things happen. But it's just so weird how they adapted it so poorly. Yeah, it's so strange. It's it really very is. it's very sad. It's very it's very upsetting. I could have seen a great version of this movie they could have made. It's like I want to see the new one just to see what you guys are talking about, yeah. and I also really don't. Right. Because you talk so badly. About I mean, but for a screenwriting exercise, I think it's it's, worthy, an, it's interesting. But- and I guess partly an acting exercise too, because I do think Tom Hanks, way Ugh. over the top, hamming up his professor gross. part totally is gross, uh, yeah. he. And they also just give him a lot more business. Um, they give him like lots of long, flowery monologues, oh, no, no, like no. the tea time scene. Yeah. Um, in this movie, it's just it's just a single shot, and it takes up maybe thirty to sixty seconds. Uh, you see the professor kind of sadly banging on the piano. It's very funny here. In that one, it's a much longer, drawn-out scene, and uh, Tom Hanks is like regaling the old ladies with like this long, drawn-out cool. tale, and yeah, it's uh, it doesn't work. I it just totally doesn't work. Did the dishes in this version? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's still trying to negotiate with her. Yeah, <laughs> he does the dishes for her. And everyone, one person tries, and the one person puts it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love when uh, I love when the cop shows up. Um, and he's like, oh, no, 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 you can't tell us we're here. Tell him you can't commit one without a search warrant. And, of course, all the advice he's giving her is the, exactly so the wrong thing. It's so cute, and yeah. she just says it all word yeah. for word. You can't come in without a search warrant. Now, Do kindly buzz off. Yeah. buzz off. Buzz off. No, I feel like that? buzz off was like a worse thing to say oh, in yeah, 1950. Yeah. The police it was like, it was like fuck you. Yeah, yeah. fuck off. <laughs> was that, um, I, they didn't have green screen, so was that like rear projection whenever they would show down the at the cop or anybody going down the street it was definitely some sort of like on-screen trick yes i don't i mean they didn't have green screen so it must have just been like rear projected (laughs) what do you notice that i noticed i noticed it looked like in a couple moments it did look rear projected yeah when whenever they would shoot like if you'd walked out of her front door looking down that street yeah you know it was always like the guy was cut off at the knees and and differently lit than the rest of the and it was like a still image in the background but there were only a couple moments like that. Oh, For yeah. the most part, this all seemed not only very cohesive, but very much like it's happening like in the moment and mm-hmm. like a real world. Mm-hmm. They might have used a couple of sets, but a lot of it looked like it was filmed on like legit. Well, the first credit, that, the first card that came up at the end was filmed on location at blah blah blah, blah studios. Oh right. Oh, oh yeah. We could we could mention uh, Ealing Studios a little bit too. Yeah, Ealing Studios is uh, the the longest continuously running film production studio in the world. Cool. Is it? It's been running since 1931. Is it the one where Harry Potter? land is now i don't know because i went there oh, oh. Well, stop no. stop rubbing your london just trip in our faces. <laughs> i went to london one more time no no you i just I recently went I, it's not pinewood because that's where star wars is shooting it right. was one just outside of town and i don't think there are that many mm. stages in london but uh i'm not sure i don't remember the name of it um but they have a permanent warner brothers I don't. Star, yeah. Uh, um, Harry Potter exhibit now. I can't say if it's the same place. I don't know if it's like a theme park like Universal Studios is a theme park. 
Oh, it's not. Okay. Well, the one that I went to, it's like stages were, have existed there forever. And one half of it, they just basically turned all of the sets into like a walkthrough exhibition. And then the rest of it's still a working set. It's the beginning. Oh, Eventually, all of London will just be Harry Potter world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it basically is. It, are, it already sort of is. Yeah. Yeah. That was For just... The... <laughs> sorry, tangent, but like Harry Potter was like the coolest phenomenon. Okay, we can keep talking about wow. the movie. Sounds like an off series podcast. I've never... <laughs> We it's could, not even like I liked it. I enjoyed it a lot, but just to think that like, people have done it for so long. There were so many books. There were so many. Well, that was. Really I have never. I've like, never read a. Grew up on the stories and like the actors grew up in those characters. It's just so crazy. I've never read a Harry Potter book or seen a Harry Potter movie. Oh, I think mind. you should. Jackie, it's gonna be. Yours. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be your <laughs> that can be our switch. It could if we wanted to. <laughs> the Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> we're we're debating either doing that or doing a Harry Sex of the City Potter podcast. 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 Yeah. What's that? We're doing a Sex <laughs> of the City podcast oh, next, cool. where she's going to show me every episode of Sex of the City. There's a lot. I we re, we've realized that as we're mm-hmm. doing some research, but they're great. Mm-hmm. Are there? Are you a big Sex of the City fan? I, I'm. I'm not like a diehard, but I watched all of them. I remember before in college, my roommate got that that set. That I've box got set. it. You the pink one. The yeah. Pink one. And we just burn through the. Yeah, that was like before HBO Go days. Yeah, definitely. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I got it as a gift. I was like, this is the best gift ever. I'll never leave my room again. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but no, Ealing Studios has been around since 1931. It was owned by the BBC for like 40 years until 1995. And since some of the more recent productions include uh, Shaun of the Dead was shot there, and uh, parts of Downton Abbey were shot there. Okay, hmm. it's not. Yeah, I don't think hmm. it has anything to do with Harry Potter land. I have a fun Downton Abbey fact. Do it. Uh, while working at Bad Robot, going to drop that name again. <laughs> uh, yeah, J.J. Uh, Abrams visited the set, and he's a huge Downton Abbey fan. Oh. And he came back with all this fun knowledge, like every room in the downstairs is the same room. Like, I think they have the kitchen, and then they have, like, the where they eat. But anytime mm-hmm. you go into any of the servants' rooms, it's just one room, and they just redress it. The, they don't have oh. room to have an entire... The upstairs is all shot on location, Downstairs, they just that's very that's very efficient. Room. Yeah, yeah, hmm. just making good making good use of resources. Mm-hmm. They just turn it around. Yeah, bed somewhere else. Very mm-hmm. British. We'll have this one room. We'll just make use of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have space. We're London. <laughs> we'll just make use of it. Um. Okay. Well, I think we've got most of this movie. I want to ask you guys if you have any other sort of uh, final thoughts or interesting things you'd like to talk about this movie. I was just very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. I thought it was delightful, and, and it was very smart. I mean, they every plot move, everything, it's like, yes, I believe that because of what they have established thus yep. far. They did. They, yeah. estab- they established the characters and what they were trying to do well enough that mm-hmm. when it got to the moment of they're just not being able to kill this lady, it, mm-hmm. it, it mostly worked. It, it still didn't completely work for me. I had to make that little leap of logic, but it was still, it was still fun to watch it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really with Emily on this. I think delightful is just the perfect word for it. Just like that's it. Mm-hmm. It reminded me because a lot of like a lot of the movies I had as a kid, we just I just had a whole bunch of like VHS movies, and a lot of them were like old movies like this, you know, Willy Wonka, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. As soon as I saw that title come up, of like you know this old comedy title, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is this is taking me back to my childhood. A little yeah, bit. yeah, we're saying that. it it's seems like, like something I could have I could have watched as a kid and really enjoyed. Well, as soon as I was on board, as soon as like a little old lady in a 1950s movie is yeah. talking to the police about a spaceship, right? Yeah, opening scene, I'm like, <laughs> no. what? is this this is bananas oh and even before that um she looks at a baby carriage and the baby just starts crying yeah right yeah. <laughs> it was great but it's I like it's- just establishing right away she, this lady this lady may look innocent but she's a force of chaos she's in this a world. force of chaos but it's also like good 
like good yeah. conquered evil in this movie. She is. Yeah. She is. Yes, yeah, she is a. She's a good-hearted person who's always standing up. She's, she's standing up for the horse when that guy's attacking the horse. Yeah. And then, and then the moment later, I got to give you back your ten shillings because the cabbie wouldn't take it. He said yeah, he's yeah. going into some other business. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Uh, yeah. If you if you watched the 2004 Lady Killers or just heard about the 2004 Lady Killers and you're like, this looks so bad. There's no way the original version can be any good. It's really worth it. It's yeah. really worth seeing. I'm so glad we did this because we were debating this for a long time. Like, are we going to do the originals? Are we not going to do the originals? And I'm really happy that we did. Mm-hmm. And it puts like a much better taste in my mouth about like Lady Killers as well. Because I was I'd be like, ugh, Tom Hanks. And it makes me wish that there were more like modern comedies kind of like this. Yeah. Willing to just kind of stick to like a simple plot mm-hmm. and set up a simple group of characters and just uh, put plots in motion and mm-hmm. let the pieces... Cl- clash against each other and mm-hmm. create chaos yeah it's very it's very farcical there aren't a lot of like modern i think farces like that yeah everything is a lot more you know as much as i love you know the the judd apatow school it's very much just kind of like put comedians in a room and let them improvise around a certain subject and then just move that episode to episode to episode mm-hmm. yeah here everything is so well structured mm-hmm. from start to finish mm-hmm. it all makes sense mm-hmm. and nothing nothing feels like it could be cut out mm-hmm I agree. I miss that. I agree. So yeah, if you're a, if you're a fan of if you are a comedy fan, I highly recommend watching the Lady Killers. Yeah. Um, now let's move on to our final segment of the show, where we have a quiz loosely inspired by the movie we watched, and it is called Raising Air Quizona. It is. You two have a lot in common. Yeah, it is way up there for me. It's it's probably a top three for me. Jackie didn't like it at all. I don't get it. Oh, I, I still don't get it. Jackie. I just I didn't love it. Like it's super didn't. farcical. But I think I that was the movie that if I couldn't go like when I'd say at my dad's or my aunt's house, they put that on until I fell asleep. Oh, yeah. So I just know it really, 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 really well. That's that's an example of a movie that I think that's. Again, classic early Coen brothers had that slapstick and kind of farcical structure down perfectly. And that almost felt like, I think, of a piece with the Lady Killers mm-hmm. in this sense. Also, another movie that had, uh, had criminals who were kind of lovable criminals who mm-hmm. you felt like would never really hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a similar feeling there. Mm-hmm. You could see, see the genealogy, yes. I guess. Yeah. But today's quiz isn't about that. And... By the way, I'm realizing we have uh, just a helicopter hovering yeah, above us. Um, I think it's not going to leave because I live two blocks from Hollywood in Highland and it's Oscar season. And it's just... Uh, oh, you're fancy. <laughs> oh, so fancy. So fancy <laughs> yeah. I have to deal with Nobody like... Nobody can see that we are in a mansion. <laughs> yes. The, the, the area around Hollywood and Highland is not mansion territory, guys. <laughs> it's just there are celebrities in the area, which means we have to be on our guard. <laughs> There's celebrities just like hanging out around mm-hmm. the Oscars, waiting for those gates to open. <laughs> well, sidebar, but uh, I've lived in this area area for long enough now that me and my, uh, my old roommate, uh, whenever the day of the Oscars, it used to be our tradition to just go down to Mel's Drive-In, mm-hmm. the Mel's Drive-In that's right by the Kodak Theater, and like sometimes you'll see celebrities walking around. Because oh, there, really? Because there's so many of them in the area. Mm. And sometimes they just like want to take a walk or grab a burger. Like... Just like us, they are just like they're just like the regular people. It's crazy, but it's true. I thought you were gonna say I have a friend that lives around here, and they every time the Oscar weekend they leave town. They like (laughs) like I'm out. The streets are so. I mean, it is annoying. We do have to deal with the helicopters at the clock. Oh yeah, that is a reason for all the traffic recently. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's 100 percent what it is. No, and there was traffic for me. Like when I was leaving last night, it took me forever to get home, and I was like, oh, because I'm passing by the Vanity Fair Oscar party. That'll do it. (laughs) Anyway. In any case, the quiz for today is classical music. 
because Ooh. there's a lot Ooh. of classical music in this. They're okay. playing classical music troupe. So here's what here's what's going on. I have found ten funny, interesting stories about different classical music composers. Some of them are true, exactly as I'm telling them. Some of them are mostly true, but I've changed one basic fact about the story I'm going to tell. Mm-hmm. So you guys got to tell me which ones are totally true and which ones are false. Okay. Or, or partly false. Okay. Number one, Mozart wrote the final 16 bars of Don Giovanni only a few hours before the premiere while suffering a massive hangover. Is true. that tr- totally true or false? I'll say totally true. Also. Okay, you guys both said true. You guys are both wrong. Okay. He wasn't massively hungover. He was massively oh, hungover, good. but he did not actually write the, just the final 16 bars. He wrote the entire overture for Don Giovanni. I should have known this. While massively hungover just before the premiere. Nice. That mm-hmm. guy, that guy can fucking I write. I hate this all because... The time. Well, yeah, but like I just hate because th- these are going to be hard because if you're changing little specific facts. They're tricky. Yeah. You know, you know I make like these tricky, 50, Jackie. 50. <laughs> they are? Yeah. But you guys are both 0-0 uh, zero, zero right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two, Australian-born composer Percy Granger wrote this in a letter to his girlfriend in 1909. Yesterday I whipped myself as I've never before been whipped in my life. When I had finished, there were surely over a thousand long red stripes on me. Whipping is still lovely on all places, but for me, most ravishing on the breasts. Mm. (laughs) I have no idea. I'm just going to say true. I'm going to say false. He wanted the, the whipping he liked most was on the butt. <laughs> huh, that's a good one. Good. That is, okay. See, that is good. Okay, you got the spirit of the game, but no, Jackie's right on this one. Damn it. That's a, that's, that is a verbatim quote from a letter he wrote. Wow. Yeah. So he liked whipping others' breasts, not his own. That's what it, it sounds like he liked being whipped, but I also liked seeing breasts be whipped. So maybe he meant like his chest. I don't know. Or maybe he liked Fair having enough. his own breasts be whipped. Whips. Hard to say. He would like Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm. If there's a theme to this quiz, it's that classical composers are serious weirdos. Mm. Uh, Question number three. Handel once had a singer that he wanted to use for a piece named Francesca Cuzzoni, and she had a reputation to begin with for being very spoiled and impossible to get along with, despite her beautiful voice. So at the very first rehearsal, she loudly refused to sing her big aria until Handel rewrote it to make her sound more spectacular. And then, uh, eventually, Handel told her, I know you're a she-devil, but I want you to know that I am Beelzebub himself. And then he hoist- hoisted her by the waist, took her to a window, and threatened to throw her two stories down to the ground. And then she eventually gave in. True. Jackie? I was going to say false. Yeah, let's make it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying false? Yeah. Uh, Emily gets the point on this oh. one. Yeah, that's 100% correct. Wow. Uh, Handel had like a Michael Jackson moment. And like, uh, is, that, is that the proper terminology, a Michael Jackson moment, when you hold somebody like over <laughs> oh, a balcony? That's yeah, proper say. terminology. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Babies, not women. All right, number four. Hector Berlioz, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, the French composer, was known for his intense temper. Uh, one day while staying in Italy, he received a letter from the mother of his fiancée informing him that she had called off the engagement and instead her daughter was to marry Camille Playel, a rich piano manufacturer. Enraged, Berlioz decided to return to Paris and take revenge on the piano manufacturer, his fiancée and his mother, by killing all three of them. In fact, he created an elaborate plan going so far as to purchase a cassock and collar to disguise himself as a priest... And he even stole a double-barreled pistols from the Classical Music Academy to kill them with, saving a single shot for himself. 
He planned this all out, but then he never actually went through with it. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say true. Because he did go through with it. Well, I like you doing the justification or like the correction. I'm saying true. It is false. He didn't go through with it, but he actually, uh, he didn't dress himself as a priest. He bought a dress, wig, and a veil when he was planning on dressing himself as a woman. Yeah, this is what I thought. This is what I thought. That was my second guess. (laughs) Because there's like one weirdo fact that's even weirder. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Emily, I think you're up by one point. Yeah. All right. Number five. Igor Stravinsky's unconventional arrangement of the Star-Spangled Banner included a uh, dominant seventh chord, where there usually isn't one, uh, and that was so unacceptable to the Boston police when he performed it in January 1944, he was warned the authorities could impose a $10,000 fine upon any rearrangement of the national anthem in whole or in part. False. I would say true. Can I ask one question? Can we get a second point if we say what the falsity, if we get the falsity accurate? I'll allow it. Okay. What? (laughs) Okay. Oh, sorry. I'll allow it. There you go. (laughs) That's why I was upset. (laughs) Uh, So wait, Jackie, you're saying true? I I say true. I said false. You said false and you said true. I said true. I, I say the right answer. Whatever the right answer is, is okay. my answer. Uh, Jackie's, uh, Jackie's right on this one. Because it was not a $10,000 fine, it was only a $100 fine. Mm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you could get fined for rearranging the national that anthem I back then. Yeah, yeah. that I believe. <laughs> that's yeah, like, that's like, a crazy You, you cannot fuck with the Star Spangled Banner. Mm. All right. <laughs> fine. Okay. Uh, number six. Beethoven insisted on grinding up exactly 60 coffee beans for each of his morning coffees. Beethoven insisted on... False. I'm going to say false. There's a different number of coffee beans involved in this story. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you drink... Hmm. I guess there's not enough facts. I just... I didn't take him for a coffee drinker, but I don't know. You're both wrong. That's 100% true. (sighs) Wow. Kind of justified away. uh, Kind of of an OCD guy, apparently. Yeah. Had to have exactly a very specific amount of coffee. Hmm. All right. Number seven. Carlo Gesualdo. Is, was a classical composer who is unfortunately best known for the violent murder of his first wife, who committed adultery with a cross-dressing duke. But then, after his second wife accused his two lovers of witchcraft, they were tried for murder. One of the women confessed under torture that she had made Getsualto drink her menstrual blood. Ugh. She further admitted that the other had advised her to take a slice of bread place it within her womb to saturate it with her seed, and then give it to Gesualdo to eat with sauce. Ew! There's so many things. There's so many factors that I So many. Here. I'm just going to say true, because that's disgusting. I'm going to say... It's like, oh, uh, yes, but it was, it was a yam instead of a piece of bread. <laughs> I love how you're reaching for that one, Emily, but uh, that one, Jackie is right, is 100% true. Yeah, you are so sick. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it just seems so disgusting that it had to be true. It is so, uh, that is one of those, yeah, so disgusting. What year was it, like, era? This is, I want to say, about about 100 years ago. Yeah, Yeah, close to, like, the last turn of the century. Um, and people are surprised when weird shit happens today. Yeah. Right? I know. Look at where we came from. Things used to be people way weirder, guys. People have always been weird. There was just no Twitter. Yeah. Except, there, yeah, bad. there was just no media to let us know about every weird thing that happened. People have always been weird. <laughs> just wasn't Twitter. <laughs> just wasn't Twitter. 
Uh, if only somebody could go back in time and invent like 19th century Twitter. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Twitter feed that is 19th century Twitter. Or I would love that. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, three more questions. I think Jackie's up by one. Damn it. So Emily, you can still catch up, Damn especially it. if you get one of those bonus points. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like so this is a, this is about Guillaume de Machaut. He was a 12th century composer. When he was in his 60s, blind in one eye and and suffering from gout, he received a love poem from a teenage girl named Perinelle. She'd never seen him, but loved his poetry and his music. Machout was an ordained priest, but was bashful about meeting her, concerned with what she would think about his looks. She didn't mind, though, and they had a wonderful conversation. Eventually, she fell asleep with her head on his knee. Machout was very happy. His secretary placed a leaf over Perinelle's mouth and asked Machout to kiss it. It took him a while to overcome his bashfulness, and of course, when he finally bent down to kiss the leaf, the secretary pulled it away... The girl woke up, became furious, and told her father, who had him excommunicated. False. That's so... There's so much that could be different. That's... Uh... False, because her father had him murdered. <laughs> okay. Instead of excommunicated. You're creative, I like it. You guys both said false, though, right? Yeah. And it was a handkerchief and not a leaf. It is false, uh, but neither of you guys got the got the meaning. The I know right. I didn't try. <laughs> it was because uh, they actually started a relationship that went well beyond that moment. Oh. Um, and after a while, the old man uh, started to really get into it, even though he was very bashful at first. So, sixty <laughs> year old man and a teenage girl. Did the kiss? Uh. Even, did the kiss happen? The kiss did happen. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And then wow. it was like, "This is great." It's like, yeah, this is totally working for me. <laughs> Uh, and secretary. Oh, does it all to his secretary? All right. Question number nine. French composer Eric Satie uh, composed a piece titled Three Desiccated Embryos. The three oh. short piano pieces were actually mildly descriptive of sea crustaceans, but also de- dedicated to satirizing <laughs> famous composers. Uh, Satie had other interesting titles for his music, including Three Pieces in the Form of a Pear and Genuine Flabby Preludes for a Dog. False. True. All right, Emily gets the point on this mm. one. That was those are real titles. Mm. Three real titles. Uh, Eric Satie, yeah, weird guy, had a weird sense of humor. <laughs> but apparently, three desiccated embryos is actually a great piece. You should check it out. Check it out. <laughs> uh, last question. You guys are tied. <gasps> okay. Uh oh. Here we go. Arnold Schoenberg, the great 20th century composer, suffered from triskaidekaphobia, aka fear of the number 13. Triscuits. <laughs> also, he, he was also <laughs> terrified of Triscuits. Um, he died on Friday the 13th, 1951, at the age of 103. False. I'll go true. Let's Oof. finish this game. Okay. <laughs> it is false because he was not 103. Damn it. But he did die on Friday the that 13th. That was going to be my yeah, guess. I thought it was because yeah. he wasn't 103. I was going to guess a different old. age, yeah. Was <laughs> he 101? No, I don't think he was even in his hundreds. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, man. Whew, there you go. Okay. Close one. Jackie pulled it out. <laughs> Congratulations. Well Thanks, done. Guys. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And that does it for a classic music quiz. And that pretty much does it for our show, guys. Um, Emily, thank you so much for coming by. Yeah, thank you. And uh, letting me recite classical music anecdotes to you and talk yeah. about this movie, The Lady Killers, and talking about uh, all the weird animals running around Florida. This was a great oh, time. Yeah. 
This is super fun. So listen, if there's any place where anybody on the internet would, could find you or find funny things you do or anything about you, where should I, they go? I don't do a whole lot. I do have Twitter. I'm Emily on Ice um, cool. at Twitter, but oh, I don't nice. really update it that often. I should, and I will. I promise you guys. Oh, you sound just like me. That's so cool. I will one day. Um, and I have a website, emilytowers.com, but again, I don't really update it that much. But you should stay tuned for the Netflix show in December. Yeah. Can you can you give us any details about it? Well, it's called F is for Family. It's Bill Burr's animated comedy about his family. And it's that really, sounds it's really cool. great. That sounds awesome. I'm like I'm so into like seeing a new Netflix animated show and Bill Burr's hilarious. So yeah. I think that's gonna be great. It'll be great. Awesome. And, and and also you're writing on it, so it's going to be great. Yes. Sorry, yeah. I should have said that first. That was the main part. <laughs> yes. That was so cool. Uh Jackie, what about you? Where can people find you? Um you can find me on Twitter. I don't tweet that much but you know i'm always there m-a-c-q-u-e-l-i-n-e and you can also look at my instagram which is more interesting which is full period metal period jackie cool. great and you can find me uh, at radio tfb on twitter do you guys is the, burning, is the burning smoke back oh no that's you having no. a stroke i don't know <laughs> no, oh, shit. Having a stroke. okay i should shut off this recording before i pass out and have a brain aneurysm <laughs> uh call back no if um <laughs> Yeah, go to Radio, Radio TFB on Twitter. Go to joshrichmond.net. That, I think that wraps up this episode. Next week, we are going to be uh, following up this episode by talking about the original True Grit, which the Coen Brothers oh. later remade. Mm-hmm. 1969's True Grit, starring John Wayne. So that's going to be very exciting. we got yeah. an exciting guest lined up. So stay tuned for that. The Coen Brothers podcast is never going to end. <laughs> We're always going to be able to keep finding variations oh, on, this, on this core concept. <laughs> uh, so until next time, guys, uh, peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs>